welcome to What's Brewing CISFA. What's Brewing CISFA is a podcast produced for the California Community Colleges Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I serve as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. Dana, my co-host, has already ran away for the day. So guess what? It's another solo flight by me. So let's get the show going. Welcome to another episode of What's Brewing, Cisfa. Let's start the show off with our first cups. So again, recording late on a Tuesday due to time and uh, time shifting here while working at the office again. And so Dana has ran away early, so it's just me and you today, our thousands of millions of listeners. If only Joe Rogan would mention us on his podcast or somebody else who's got millions of viewers and then see how many people would want to tune in and listen to all the super cool stuff about financial aid. But anyways, today is Tuesday, so this is a Tuesday show. We will have some news today. It will probably be a shorter show because with the Labor Day weekend, wasn't a whole lot of news that came out. So I'm kind of scraping along here. Got everything well organized, I hope. And we'll get through it all pretty quickly, is my guess. So first up, from the California Student Aid Commission. They put out an operations memo just on September 1st, out to all financial aid administrators, telling us a little bit about 2021-2022 CalFresh benefits. So it just announces the start of the notification process for eligible Cal Grant students. So this was part of an Assembly Bill 214, on post-secondary education student hunger. So the commission was tasked with notifying Cal Grant recipients who meet eligibility requirements under TANF, which is what we call CalFresh here in California, basically. It's part of that. Uh, To notify them of potential eligibility for CalFresh. So what the commission does, CSAC people, our California Student Aid Commission people, they're all the same. It's all the same. They send notifications to eligible Cal Grant recipients, inform them of potential Cal Fresh eligibility, and encourage them to apply to receive the benefit. Students with inquiries regarding it can contact their Cal Fresh people at 1 877 847 3663. I guess the last part there spells food. Makes sense because this is for those who are very old like me, would think of as food stamps. And then we've changed the name over the years. It became part of TANF, which was the welfare benefits. And CalFresh is what we call it here in California, the food portion of this. So just to let everyone know, there's this ops memo out there from the Student Aid Commission letting you know that this whole process is starting up again. So again, for our students who are getting... Cal grants, hopefully they'll know that if they are potentially qualified for, they should look into getting CalFresh. Again, it's additional, you know, assistance to get them through college, help them pay for food, get them on their way into the working world. Now, beyond the student aid commission, we got some stuff from our national association, a number of articles. So they have one just put out recently. 
titled New Data Shows Varying Rates of Decline for Student Transfers. And so it's a very interesting uh, article here. As it says here, over the course of the first full academic year of the pandemic, institutions of higher education lost 191,500 transfer students, a stark decline that nearly tripled the previous year's losses, you know, where we already had, you know, some trending pre-pandemic. This is all part of a new report from the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, and they've done numerous studies on enrollment trends in the past year. So in their latest report focusing on the 2.1 million undergraduate students who transferred to a college other than their last one they were enrolled in in 2020-21, the transfer pathways considered were defined broadly to include instances of, you know, upward, like community college, a four-year, lateral, and even reverse transfers. So definitely worthwhile reading here from NASFA. Don't worry, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Continuing from NASFA, if you've ever thought to work for NASFA, they are looking for somebody. They're looking for a reliable and experienced professional to join their team as a regulatory specialist. The position can work remotely with uh, minimal associated travel requirements. And so the idea here, I guess, is uh, the position sounds like, according to the responsibilities, is a person that's going to be able to answer regulatory questions from members of NASFA, in particular utilizing their Ask Regs knowledge base online. It could also mean uh, performing regulatory and editorial review and publication of Ask Reg articles. You know, managing those turnaround times for their workload and others for Ask Regs and a variety of other things. So if you are into research and regulations, what better job for you? Don't worry, I'll put a link to the apply now part here for NASFA. Again, they're based out of Washington, D.C., but as it says, this job could be working remotely. Let's see, we got one more here from NASFA. Uh, I had bought this book a number of years ago, probably when it had a first edition. But in an ASFA bookshelf here, their book titled You're the Director is on its third edition. So it just came out recently. So, And again, this book says right here in the little uh, description, whether you're a current financial aid director or preparing to be in that leading role, this book, You're the Director, A Guide to Leadership in Student Financial Aid, can help. So... It's a book written by and for financial aid professionals, guidance on leadership, budgeting, planning, crisis management, which, you know, we've had quite a bit of that in the last year, that a little bit of on-the-job learning for some of us, and more. So 10 fully updated chapters in this book, um, you know, from the first and second editions, and a whole lot of new information. So check it out, reasonably priced at only twenty four ninety nine. I think I actually got a copy for a coworker one time who was looking to move up to ranks. And beyond not asking them why, uh, I thought, okay, I'll get them a book. Maybe this book will uh, help square up their mind. And yet still, they wanted to be a director. I kid, of course. But what I'm not kidding about is information from federal student aid people. 
And so there's a number of updates I have here from FSA. First one is about the 2022-2023 academic year or award year. They just released in a dear colleague letter last week information regarding uh, what needs to be verified and the acceptable documentation for the coming 22-23 school year. So as we've talked about on the show before, for 2021-22, the current school year we're in with the start of this fall of 21, uh, the feds have put a lot of verification on hold. We don't have to do the normal process of verifying income and assets, household members, etc., cetera, uh, in order to, because we've got issues going on still during the pandemic. But it looks like, based upon this dear colleague letter, most everything that we're used to, as far as verification goes, is back in play. Now, it doesn't mean that maybe at some point, depending upon how the pandemic progresses or hopefully subsides, <laughs> what will actually occur. But at least at this point, much of what we've done over the past couple years will be back in play as far as verifying income, number of people in household, potentially high school completion status for some students, and some other things. They even uh, will provide suggested verification text for letters and communications between colleges and their students. So I'll definitely give you a link to this because it's, again, the first salvo in understanding what will be happening for the 2022-23 award year. On top of that, for 2022-23, the final versions of the FAFSA form and the FAFSA on the web worksheet are now available in English and Spanish in PDF versions. So as it says here, this was put out as an electronic announcement right at the end of last week. The watermarked PDF versions of these forms uh, you know, are provided to the community as a resource, can be used as a training or for presentations, um, and that clean versions will be available on studentaid.gov slash resources starting October 1st. So although they're final versions, uh, in a sense, they're pre-release. Uh, students should not get this form. Uh, for those who are students out there, if you're applying for aid for 2022, fall of 22, a whole year away, and use them yet. Wait for the official form that will come out October 1st. But for financial aid professionals, it's always good to have a sneak peek at this because it's good to understand what's coming down the line as far as how the form will be looking and formatted, especially with all these changes occurring over the next few years as we have FAFSA simplification underway. So uh, I'll give you a link to the article. And again, from there, you can get the links to the PDF forms for review. I think before we continue on, we got a few more articles to go. Why don't we slip into a little bit of music so we can slip into the second cup. And just like that, we are back for the second cup here on the What's Brewing Seas for Show. I just figured it was a good time for a little bit of a, a refill. Because, of course, we have more exciting information for you and news for the day. So first and foremost here, the, as we round out the last of our federal student aid updates, another electronic announcement 
put out at the end of last week. And this is in particular, and it leads off and explains exactly why they are putting this article out or this reminder. And literally, it's called Reminder Identity Verification. So here's a lead-off paragraph from Federal Sunaid. You may have seen recent articles at LA Times or New York Times reporting that some institutions in California have detected atypical enrollment patterns that suggest attempts to obtain financial aid fraudulently. The department is working with law enforcement partners and institutions to stop the suspected student aid fraud and protect individuals and the federal student aid programs. So what it is, uh, this electronic announcement is just a reminder about what schools can be on the lookout for, what their resources are, because we do have a very good resource, the U.S. Department of Education, which is the overall you know, cabinet-level department when you think of the federal government. Federal student aid falls under that. And then separately, they have an Office of Inspector General. And so those are the people that we are to contact when we have these types of things. And so uh, this is just kind of a reminder about how we can identify and prevent identity theft, which is often key or a part of these financial aid fraud rings, if you want to call it rings, or attempts by people, you know, as far as stolen identities, stolen social security numbers, etc. And so there's some good information in this electronic announcement pointing us back to the resources that we do have available. So definitely check that out. I'll have a direct link to the electronic announcement for everyone. Moving on from that, just a couple more articles here. One uh, from a website I like to go to on a regular basis, the James G. Martin Center for Academic Renewal at jamesgmartin.center. They just had a little article, uh, and they're based out of uh, one of the universities in North Carolina. But they had an article that was interesting that said, to survive, community colleges need to stay true to their mission. And so, uh, you know, it's an interesting article about, you know, uh, where community colleges fit into the whole scheme of higher education. You know, we're institutions that help students get into college where they may not have been able to get into otherwise. Again, we're open enrollment, almost all of us. We also uh, provide students that ability to start with us and then transfer on to a four-year university, get the first couple years out of the way. We also offer usually a lot of uh, what we now call, you know, career and technical education programs, what we used to call in the olden days vocational programs or programs that take you into a vocation, an actual job with a similar title. So when we talk about nursing radiological technician, respiratory therapist, automotive technician. That's what we would call our programs versus, you know, things that might be in, say, the arts or humanities or uh, social sciences where uh, it's not specifically that you go into humanities, but that might be your program of study. Or even anthropology. And although you can become an anthropologist, we have very specific goals in that. And so this article kind of talks about how community colleges sometimes can get swayed a little bit to try to go beyond their means and get into things that can take them out of focus. And why we really need to make sure we stay focused on our students and what our missions should be. So some very interesting information. Um, they have some other interesting articles there for you. There's not a lot of political bent, but... Um, 
uh, for those who want to read it, uh, check it out. I'll give you a link to the article in the show notes. And then looks like we've just got one last article here. And this was an interesting one out of Yahoo Finance. I was just reading this and I was like, uh, now this will not apply specifically to community colleges, but they had an article just posted today covering the 12 colleges that cover 100% of your financial aid. And in reality, what they're trying to, what they really meant to say, because again, it's not written by a financial aid expert, probably wasn't cleared with anybody, but really what they meant to say was 12 colleges that cover 100% of your financial need. And so that it's a, it's a slight difference of terminology, but in financial aid world, we do forms like the federal aid form, like the FAFSA. And for our Dreamer students here in California, the California Dream Act application, in order to figure out a student's financial need. And so that FAFSA form gives us what we currently call the expected family contribution or EFC. That number, high or low, tells us high or low, a student's eligibility for aid. And so <clears throat> what happens is, let's say a very low income family and a student comes to college and does their FAFSA, it's very possible their EFC is zero, which in a sense would be true. The federal government would be expecting that the student and family could not put anything towards the cost of school. So what does that mean? The school figures out the estimated cost for the school year, tuition and fees, books and supplies, room and board, transportation costs, especially for those who might be commuting, like a many community college student, and comes up with an estimated cost for the school year. And how do we get at how much financial need that student has? It's very simple. We take that estimated cost for the year, subtract that EFC, and there's our bottom line. This is why a millionaire, you know, might have a very high EFC. And thus, when we look at the cost of school, it might be less than what the federal government figures they could put towards the cost of school. And they would have zero need in a sense, or negative need. But zero negative in that case is all the same. So these 12 colleges in this article from Yahoo Finance uh, are schools that basically meet 100% of students' demonstrated need through, of course, available federal and state aid programs, institutional grants and scholarships, and potentially federal work study. Anything, in a sense, other than loans. Now, it doesn't mean that all their students won't get a loan because there could be students who take out student loans. This is a common thing here where they have an expected family contribution. Maybe it's half of the cost. So maybe the school meets half the cost with free money, but there's still the other half. And that could include still tuition dollars and the cost of the room and board. So a school may still offer student loans to those students to help cover that. Now, most of these schools were East Coast schools. Brown University, Columbia University, Davidson College, I believe that's on the East Coast somewhere, Harvard, MIT. But here, two from California we get. Pomona College out in Pomona says here, uh, the quote from the financial aid person was, for eligible students, the Office of Financial Aid it is composed, I think they meant the offer, the offer of financial aid. That's what I meant to say. The offer of financial aid is composed of grant aid and a modest student employment allotment. Uh, that's what the colleague says on their site. So while loans are available, Pomona does not use loans to meet a student's financial need. And 
and Princeton's on the list, but here we go. Stanford University. Our second California school says here, according to their website, we meet the full demonstrated need without loans for every admitted undergrad, undergraduate student who qualifies for financial assistance. So it was very interesting. Almost all East Coast schools out of this group, except for the two that cover 100% of need. So I'll give you a link to that. It's not a very long read, as you would expect on Yahoo Finance. It doesn't go super in deep, but at least it gives you an idea of those schools that are out there. Amazingly, that is all I have for news, so I'm going to roll a little music here. Get us into the last part of the show. And just like that, we're back for the last part of the show, our last sip segment. That's pretty noisy considering all I'm drinking today is sparkling water. I had my coffee earlier today. Uh, We'll have some tomorrow at some point. So as always, this is normally the I Dare You To section of the show. I think what I'm going to put out there is an I Dare You To because we are just at the start of September which means for those who follow baseball, we are heading into the final stretch here. You know, most games wrap up, uh, or I should say the season for most teams will wrap up within those first few days of October. So I dare you, if you have not gone to a game, to go to a game. Have some fun. It's a very, I now I do have, I do get regular uh, season tickets, not a full season, much less than a full season. Uh, just so I know where my seats are at all time. And I have a little more choice. But there are plenty of options out there, especially for some of you that might be uh, following teams that are not doing too well. Uh, it might be easier to get tickets at this time. And, and for those teams who are doing very, very well, sometimes it's easy too because the fans are like, well, they're going to make it to the playoffs. and I don't need to worry too much at this point. So uh, I, I, my dare out there is go see a baseball game. The weather is really nice. Go enjoy it, um, and again, see some interesting competition. Try to get into it. If you're lucky, uh, as one friend says, if you're lucky, you get to sit next to somebody who's actually doing the scoring on the scorecard. If you've ever seen one of these uh, baseball scoring cards, uh, you'll know what I mean. It's, uh, it's an interesting thing, and some people like to do it, uh, I guess, for fun. But uh, definitely get out to a game. Like I said, I was going to make this show a little bit shorter than normal so I can run away. And uh, prep for the next show with Dana at the end of the week. So this is all I have for today. But don't worry. There's always another episode coming. I want to thank you, our audience, for tuning in today. And if, again, you have anything to say or you have topics you want us to discuss, email us at wbcisfa at gmail.com. For this and all What's Brewing Cisfa podcast, find us on Google Podcasts, your Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn app on your Amazon Echo by using Alexa. What's Brewing CISFA is a production of Studio 1051, a creative collaboration of me and Dana. This has been episode number 121, recorded Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. Have a great day, everybody, and have a great week.